Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everyone, it's Jen, and I have decided this is going to be the summer of uniform dressing. I'm going to have a few pieces on heavy rotation, and I'm telling you right now, they're all going to be linen, and they're all going to be from Quince. I don't know why I'm going so hard on linen right now, but it just feels right. And Quince specializes in timeless pieces made of premium fabric, and the best part is that all the Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. I am personally very into the 100% European linen pants. They're cropped and easy. There's even a cute pinstriped version. And when I wear them, I look like I just stepped off a yacht. Do I have a yacht? No. Do I know what yachters wear? No, but that's the vibe. The linen pants come in sizes extra small to 3X, and they're less than $40. Okay, like 10 cents less. They're $39.90. But the quality is excellent, and they wash really well. How does Quince do it? They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings on to us. Plus, Quince works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash fat mascara for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's quince.com, Q-U-I-N-C-E, quince.com slash fat mascara to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash fat mascara. This episode of Fat Mascara is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. Therapy is a safe space to get those things off your chest. Plus, it can help you develop coping skills that make your life easier. I will give you an example. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you've probably heard me say it to Jess or to a guest, reframe. Well, I learned that technique from a therapist. Here's an example. Now that I'm a freelance writer and podcaster, I get lonely working from home and I feel like I'm never gonna get to collaborate on projects again. And that's the truth. Reframe, I get to choose which projects I work on. So I'm in control of what I work on. And if I wanna collaborate more with others, I don't have to ask anyone's permission. I can just do it. See what I did there? That's reframing. If you've been thinking about starting therapy or are looking for someone to help you process things and give you coping skills, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash mascara today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash mascara. Again, betterhelp.com slash mascara. Hello and welcome to Fat Mascara. I am Jess. I am still Jen. I'm always Jen. I like the shimmy that you just did. I, I, you know, some people do a power pose. I, I know that the clapping can be distracting on the podcast. I'm trying to I'm trying to get that down. Yeah. But I feel like a shimmy is quiet. It's a shimmy is quiet and it's kind of it loosens it literally like loosens you up. Okay, I liked it. I feel so, like I, sh- I shook my boobs in your face. Sorry. I like that too. That was okay. great. So I, what, what do you want to talk about now that you're all shimmied up? Okay, now now I'm properly embarrassed. Okay, so we've got some great topics today. One is at-home beauty services. I feel like they're cropping up everywhere on these apps and, you know, little on-demand things. So how can you make the most of it if you are going to take that leap? Then shower filtration. I don't have one of those shower things, but after this segment, I think I really want one. And then finally, bog and basement beauty. Bag and basement beauty. Bog and basement beauty. Like, we're talking low, low prices. Yeah. We I, shall discuss. I'm excited about this. And who is our fabulous guest? Our guest is a good one. It's Rachel Felder. She's a journalist and also the author of Red Lipstick, a new book. And we'll talk about, you guessed it, red lipstick, the history of it, the best colors, how to find one for you. Lots of interesting tidbits. Oh, she was good. Yeah. Let's get into it. Okay, let's get into this. I'm ready. So 
Jen, have you ever had someone come to your house I'm to so, do I'm so glad you asked. beauty Be- service? I know you have. I have not because it weirds me out. I'm not going to lie. Well, here's a funny thing. I, this is almost like the one of the first beauty services I remember. I would go to my grandmother's house. She lived in the neighboring town. And one of the things we do is I would accompany her to her manicure at this lady's house. Okay. I used to get my hair cut in like Mary Jane's basement. Literally, her name was Mary Jane. And she had a salon chair in her basement. Yeah. And after like kids cuts closed, we just would yeah. go to her house. <laughs> but that's different. You're going to her house. I, yeah, I get, I get, I guess what you're, I get what you're saying. I think it was more like the one-on-one intimacy thing that I've always thought was really special. Oh, and the first time I had my legs waxed, it was at my aunt's house. She had a lady come to the house. Oh, like a, like a glam squad moment, yeah. but for waxing. Yeah, and I have to tell you guys, if anyone knows of a home waxing thing, like where they'll come and do it for you, I, feel like I would. That's messy, no? I was lying in front of the television set on the carpet, and I remember them like. I was like a little bear. Like they were like holding me down and waxing me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> little Jess, you were a little diva in the making. Come to me and take my hair off. <laughs> it was it was really cool, but I like that kind of convenience, that privacy. And I'm gonna go back to the convenience thing again because it's like half the time of an appointment is getting to the appointment, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you just kind of want that um you know, you don't have to go out and go somewhere. Yeah. But I just feel like I'm a New Yorker and someone rings my bell. I freeze. I, I like freeze. I'm just like, who is it? What do they want? It's what funny. I do wrong? It's so funny when you're younger. It's like, that's exciting, a visitor. And now it's like, go away <laughs> or be quiet. So so okay. you've gotten it done. How, do, how does one do this well? So, I need tips. Okay. So first, like over the summer, I had a couple of events and it was like the timing was tight. I had Glam Squad come. Best name ever, by the way, for... Like, so good. They nailed it with that name. And recently, I had I had an, an appearance. I had, I had something. <laughs> I had an appearance. I'm an idiot. I had a thingy, and I didn't have time to see my regular brow girl. And I got the name of this woman who is amazing. Her name is Zara. We'll link to her. She did house calls. Okay. Now, some people will do house calls. Like you don't need to be a part of Glam Squad or Priv. You know, one of these beauty on demand services. If you have a great relationship with someone or you know they do house calls, I think you can ask. But, but, but be prepared to spend. So that's the, that's my number one for, it. you know, a manicure with Glam Squad is $50. A, lam, a manicure. Not gel, just the, regular. I'd have to check with you on the gel, but be prepared it's to regular. lay out Because think about it. That woman has to go maybe an hour to your house, mm-hmm. an hour back wherever she was going. So mm-hmm. that adds th- it's three hours of her time totally. or his time. So. So after before your appearance, before your appearance, so okay, so be prepared to spend a little. So okay. now that we're getting into this, I think we should talk about what you can do to have the best experience. Because Jen, I hear you. It is something when you have someone come into. I your feel space. like I have to clean for the like. I used to have a like a cleaning person come. I would truly clean my house before the person came. I was like, this is a waste of money. You pre-clean, yes. Okay, but maybe that's a good tip for Glam Squad. Have so, a nice clean area for them to set up. Well, I talked to Zara, the wonderful um, brow artist who came to my house. I said, listen, like now that all is said and done, what what what? How can I, I be done? a better client? Exactly. Yeah. So if we're talking about makeup or hair, nails, especially especially makeup, lighting and brows. Lighting is important. You need to make sure they have a space. Now, when she came over, I kind of fumbled and it was like, oh, where should we do it? little awkward. I didn't feel on my A game. Yeah. Have, have it a ready clean to go. space and have, this is, have a table so they have a workspace to put their tools. I mean, that seems obvious, but yeah, and it's, it's not in an apartment to... in a city that you might not. Yeah. It's like you're sitting on your bed and, you know, I basically have a little setup for them. Then I love this. It's good to have the client put a few examples together on Pinterest or whatever you like to use so you can tell someone, this is how I want to look and have them something to show. Do it before they come over. Also, you're wasting the paid time looking through your phone for pictures. Totally. Because you might say, I remember I said to the Glam Squad person, I was like, you know, like sleek chignon bun. And we went up and down a few times. Yeah. But I had it perfectly in my head. Well, she's not a mind reader. She's a hairstylist. It wasn't very kind. (laughs) Um, And I I really wish that I had, like, really provided with examples. And to your point, Jen, like, even before. Like, Mm -hmm. what are you envisioning? They can bring different things. They can have a bit of fun thinking about it. Yeah. Um, And then also, she said, like, you know, you might be timid. They're in your house. And suddenly you're like, oh, it's fine. You know? Yeah. (laughs) And you're not happy. And then this is, like, this made me laugh, but she's not wrong. Mince and gum. Mince and gum. Oh, for, Yeah. Or brush your teeth before they come over. But even just for them, too. It's kind of like oh. you're all up in each other's grill, and this should be a fun thing. And she just had to scream at some people on the subway on the way there. <laughs> She's got dry mouth. It was stressful. Yeah. And I always like to offer them, like, a, you know, juice or soda or 
thing. Yes. Yeah. The other thing I will say is I actually am now remembering I did get my a gel nails done at work because I had them come to work, which is okay. actually – I think you can only pull this off if you're a beauty editor. I don't think you like pop into your elementary school where you're a teacher and get a manicure, but um, <laughs> an outlet. Imagine? Like a close oh. to an outlet where you're sitting because the little gel light, mm-hmm. we need to find an extension cord, blah, blah, blah. So think about that too. Oh, for and for blow dryers, I guess. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I turn off certain appliances in my house if like the few times I had Glam Squad because they came a lot in the summer, like I mentioned. With the AC running. Right. And, like, so I, I – Cause a brownout in half of Manhattan so your hair could get done. <laughs> if I have too many things going on in my apartment, we will have a brownout. I just um, like saying brownout. <laughs> my building's really old. Um and then I think, you know, services like Zeal and Soothe, which I'm dying to use, their mm-hmm. on-demand massage. Ooh, that was my throat. That was gross. Um, you need an on-demand. Yeah, on-demand <laughs> Larry <gas>. <laughs> I think the most exciting thing is that you could just, like, nod off to sleep as soon as they leave. But yeah. I feel like just create, like, a serene space. Yeah, but they have their table with them, so you actually can't. Oh, yeah. You have to get up and get to your, like bed. your bed. <laughs> yeah, it's, I just, I, I think you just want to make the most of that. That's probably a pretty yeah on-demand massage sounds nice, but also a little intimate. So, I don't know if you guys have tried these. I want to, I want to know which are your yeah. favorite. There's Zeal. What was the other one? Glam Zeal, Squad. Zeal, Soothe, Glam Squad, Priv. Oh, and Priv. Please, yes. One last thing. Read if let's say you want your hair done, like a blowout or a chignon. Read the instructions because I almost washed my hair before they came and I thought I was doing them a favor. And it said, like, if you want an updo, you know, second day hair is best or right, something like right. that. So really, And don't waste your time having her do the blowout and then do the updo. You can have just, like, ready-to-go hair. Exactly. So yeah. really, like, research what you're doing. Don't just, like, have them come over and just be like, we good, you know? Yeah. I just want to go. I want to finish this segment picturing little redheaded Jess getting her legs waxed in front of probably Shira episode. Am I right? I I, I was too. Actually, you know what, Shira? How old was I? Maybe it was more like Saved by the Bell. Okay, at this okay. Point. You were you a know? little bit older, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I, it was like red fur came off my legs. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have red leg hair? It's kind of reddish. It's like it's like strawberry tell. blonde. But imagine little girl's hair, like very long and like gossamer. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like, like fur. It's like hair, hair. Yeah. And I remember she took the gauze, and she was, and I said, "Can I see?" And it looked like she done it, did it on my teddy bear or something. Oh my god, you were hairy little one. I, I I'm fuzzy. Jess, let's talk about shower filtration, Mm. shall we? I have had every colorist I've ever had tell me that I need to put a filter on my shower. Really? If I want to maintain the water. They told you I mean, maintain the color. Yes. See, I never heard that. But then this topic came up the other day, and the girl was saying, you know, you need to have a shower, like a a shower thing, you know, on your shower head. Depending on where you live, Yes. But she, this girl lives in New York, and I was like, but our water is not hard. I think we have like really nice water, right? But it has a lot of minerals because it comes from the Hudson Valley Aquifer. Aquifer? Aquifer. Oh, wow. It's like we have some of the best water, but it is mineral rich. It's not hard, though, because that's, diff- that's specific that's minerals. We should, we right? should get in. We should explain this now. Okay, so that's really interesting. So hard water is – well, then maybe you, need, maybe you need to inform me because I thought hard water meant like you have a lot of minerals. We had hard water growing up, and I remember – don't laugh, but like sometimes our toilet bowl would like get like a rusty look if we my dad didn't change. I'm sure my parents really appreciate all the ins and outs I'm sharing with you. If my dad didn't put like the water softener and stuff like that, yes, or I've solved CRX or something that like a calcium oh, dissolver. Yeah, my yeah. mom was always using that like on our toilets and. Um, Yes. So hard water is usually, I think it's specifically calcium and um, magnesium, right? Or just minerals in general. You're very sciencey. So uh, I'm (laughs) trusting, I'm like nodding. I'm like, exactly, Jen. But the thing is, you don't want it on your hair because it will mess up. It could be your texture, it could be your color to your colorist point. Yes. Um, And then even the girl who told me about it, she said, I find that hard water bothers my skin. Yeah, I've heard that from other people. I mean, she must be very sensitive. Yeah. Um, so I asked Tiff to just do a little oh, research. Oh, intern Tiff, yeah, Tiff, our expert, uh, our hard water expert. Tiff is great. I mean, Tiff, you didn't know she had a PhD in chemistry. <laughs> She's so good. She is so good. So she said that they're here, are the top cities with hard water. You, re- you listening, guys? You ready? Indianapolis, Las Vegas, Minneapolis, Phoenix, San Antonio, and Tampa. Okay. But 85%, those are just the top ones. Those are like mm-hmm. the hardest. 
85% of the U.S. is hard water. Oh, my God. Tiff already – Tiff, are you, like, looking at me laughing, saying I'm not sure? You put this in the notes. I'm sorry. Calcium and magnesium make water hard. Oh. She's already done the work for me, and I'm See? like – Tiff and I were in agreement yes. there. <laughs> I only know that because a colorist I interviewed for a story was telling me – you know Malibu Sea, that brand yeah. that makes chelators that pull minerals? She often does it before a new hair color client because you don't know what's in their hair. Oh. So she wants to start with, like, a clean – empty strand that isn't all pumped up with minerals and you never know. And she had the coolest thing to say. It was that in different cities when she puts the chelator because she travels, Mm -hmm. like in London, the sludge that comes off is like green. Whereas in, um, it might have been Vegas, it was like red because there was more copper in the pipes there, minerals. So different minerals will like look like different colors. So if you talk to a colorist, they could probably even tell you what kind of water you have just from like, yeah, like the stuff that comes out because those chelators just pull the minerals out of the hair. But yeah, it messes with your color and your skin, as you said. That's really, that's so interesting. So if you want to figure out um, if you have like the be- to find like the best solution for your water, we're gonna put a link to the quiz. Yeah, to our, find out you on, put in your zip. Blog. It's not a quiz, but like you put in your zip code yeah, and you everything. Yeah, put in your zip code, and then some simple questions about like your household and water, etc. I'm pretty sure also that the Malibu uh, website for that hair company mm-hmm. does that as well, because then you'll know oh, really? which products you might need to clarify. Oh, I like if you want to start from scratch. But remember, if you're using those kind of products, they really. They take a lot of your hair, so it can kind of dry it out because you're getting – some of those minerals can be almost like softening and pliable. Yes. They're effing with your strands, just – but you never know in which way, and that's the thing, right? Yes, and I want to share the – sorry, the name of the website that we're going to put on the on the blog. And I hope you guys are going to the blog because we always have really you know cool links to everything Fatmascara.com. <laughs> um, you just go to homewater101.com. Again, homewater101.com. And um, when it comes to recommendations for shower filters, we'll put those up too. But the Berkeley shower, fil- Berkey shower filter, um, Aquasana, Aqua Home Group. Uh, my friend, she said she actually travels with her shower filter. Isn't that hysterical? Wow. Because I used one for a while. They, it was kind of like annoying to install. I didn't know you could just throw it on See, top of any old shower. I really want to install one now because I don't. Uh, it's not so great. Like I said, my building's old. I know there's some like funkadelic stuff in. Yeah, in which that shower, and again, but... that might not just be from the water, but from the stuff it picks up in the pipes in your building. So like in uh, in a city, you could be different from your neighbors because you happen to have like old, you know, coppery pipes or whatever. They are so old. Like they have not updated our building, like the appliances, since I swear to God, like a hundred years ago. Okay, Sick, well, right? you're just like pouring whatever kind of minerals all over your head. Nasty. Well, now that you get your hair, may I say this, that you yeah, get it, yeah. the color tweaked every yeah, now and it, then? A little, uh, just a slight enhancement. <laughs> Especially with red, which, which is so fickle, right? Yeah, it's really fickle. Um, you should get yourself a little filter. I will. Share your thoughts on this topic, guys. This is This is really interesting to me. Do you like to save money? <laughs> Who doesn't, Jess? <laughs> well, have I got the line for you? <laughs> Did you just get Southern for this? I don't know. I'm just putting on this like um like cable access news. cheap and cheerful voice. Yeah, it's it's my it's my folksy. Come on down. Here we go. We've got Harper's a new- uh, beauty director. <laughs> tells you where to find a bargain. <laughs> you see. Um, <laughs> okay, so what's the news? Okay, so you know that you know it's. The world is going kind of in two directions. We've got the super, super luxury, you know, mm-hmm. uh, not to get political here, but we know there's 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 the high low divisions get, across divisions. all specters the of our get, yeah. society <laughs> yeah. with money, with politics, everything with beauty. So, yeah, the high is, feels like it's getting higher, you know, class yeah. and mass. Yes. <laughs> but I'm going to take it real mass. The people like this was actually this is really interesting. We you were at this event. We talked about the Net-a-Porter beauty breakfast and yes. some of like the high spenders who spend like thirty thousand dollars a year on beauty. They have one. They call it an EIP. I EIP. Think. She's a thirty-five thousand dollar a month. I think was it, it a was? month? I thought it was a year. Okay, just on I think beauty. It was just a year. And like Shantakai's new line came out, and she just like bought every skew. Yeah, all the time. Four I'd like excuse. to be that. I'd like to be that lady. Yeah, we're not addressing that lady in this segment. Oh, okay, <laughs> but. but You've got the high Her, high. Yeah, okay. And now let's go low low. Dollar General, which has been booming in this country. Yes. Booming is coming out with their own beauty line called Believe. Well, I'm more of a five below girl, but <laughs> I do like Dollar General as well. So here's the deal with Believe. It's going to be about 150 SKUs. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that includes all the different colors and everything. Yeah, it's already out. It just launched. Yeah. I saw a photo of it. To be, I have just got to raise my hand. I haven't tried it yet. It doesn't matter. We're reporting on it because who doesn't want beauty that at all under what price? Did under you? $5. Under so $5, $5. Is, is the max of the price. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to have everything from like charcoal micellar wipes to beauty sponges and makeup brushes and, of course, like your color products. When we were prepping this, I was like, ain't nobody want a $4 makeup brush. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's no way. I. This is what I think is important about these kind of lines. Know that like certain SKUs. You're, you're nailing it. You're, like, getting a bargain. It's amazing. And then other SKUs, maybe this is where you need to spend a little. I know this wasn't the point of the segment, but I know I get what makeup you're brushes cost money. They, there is a craftsmanship to them. And yeah. I'm talking about the synthetic ones. I'm not even going near the, you know, sable or whatever the hell makeup brushes. But, yeah, a well-done synthetic brush is, is an act of craftsmanship. Yeah. But um, I don't know. What do you think about this? Well, I remember I had a breakfast a while back with Alice Chen. She's the VP of communications for Marquins, which makes like Wet n Wild. And oh, the, cool. Okay. So I was like joking around with her. I was like, oh, I remember I used to love Wet n Wild's 99 cent eyeliner. She's like, they're 69 cents and they're still 69 cents. And she wouldn't say this on the record, but I'm going to pop. Like I, because <laughs> I tried to get her to. Yeah. But like, I think that there are certain items that are loss leaders, I think they call them. Mm. Like they know. No, we're not going to make money on this item, but it brings people in and then they'll also buy the more expensive stuff. So even though eyeliners are some of the least expensive products to make, um, they're not even making money on that at 69 cents. And this is the Dollar General, I think, is only is there's nothing that cheap. It's all like two, Mm -hmm. three, four, five dollars. But my point being that look for the items that, you know, like eyeliners, um, blushes, Things that aren't foundations or makeup brushes is really what I'm saying. What do I, you think about that? I agree with you on foundation. Again, I have not tried it. Like, uh, Believe Beauty, send me my color and I promise I will try it and, and give you my real review. Yeah. But like even growing up, I was really like mostly drugstore except when I started making my own money. Of course. But my mom said, well, we'll get you your foundation at Clinique. Yeah. So we got, we did Revlon, you know, Maybelline, everything else. But we went to Clinique just for foundation and to get that GW. Well, even Revlon was a little pricey for for me. And we went to Woolworths and it was like it was like Wet n Wild was my go to. Yeah. Um, this is I, a great place to try I trend too. Love Yes. With like a cool color that you might not try anyway. The democratization of beauty is so important to me because it's one of those things. And you'll hear about this a little bit in our interview. Like beauty, it makes you feel human. Mm-hmm. And how how great is it that like now any woman, even if you just saw like two bucks extra, let's hope you do. Yeah. Like that can like pick up your whole day and you feel like you just feel like an, like a real human and part of like being a woman. Totally. I don't know. And, tre- and treating yourself. And I understand like not everybody's going to have like black rose Sicily face mask. I mean, like the percentage of people who are able to afford that in this country, even though like we report on these things, we report on everything. So I hope you know that there's an awareness that of like, course. we know this stuff is. Well, I'm saying, of course, yeah. I hope you know, too. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we know that's not normal. Yeah. So <laughs> this is a great like little treat and I'm excited to try it. And I think we're going to buy some so we can actually try it and like tell you guys what we think. Mm-hmm. But here we are just giving our opinion about the idea in general. I'm happy about it. Very cool. Hit up your dollar general. I believe. Oh, my God. You did not. (laughs) We could talk about the name another time. Fine. I believe. Summer is fast approaching, which means it's shapewear season. Just kidding. It's really wedding season. But I just got an invitation to a wedding in Philadelphia. And guess what I'll be wearing? Honey love. I'm not sure about the rest of the outfit or the dress, but the shapewear is going to be honey love. Here's why. Honeylove has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating when you're wearing shapewear. Plus, they have lingerie-inspired design details that you'll want to show off, and all their fabrics are breathable to keep you nice and cool, which is perfect for hot days. Let me tell you a story. I remember being at a wedding, this was a few years ago, pre-Honeylove, and I wore a jumpsuit, and I wasn't sure if the bathroom door locked well, but I had to take off the entire jumpsuit and then roll down the shapewear to pee, and I was like holding onto the back of the door at the same time, completely naked in the bathroom, and it took so long, and I caused this whole backup of the bathroom line, and after that, I was like, never again. Until Honeylove came along. Honey 
Honey Love's Superpower Shorts have a 100% cotton gusset so you don't have to wear underwear underneath. And there's a convenient opening in the underwear area so you don't have to take off the whole thing to go to the bathroom. It's so easy. Honey Love products make you look good and feel good. Whether it's for a wedding, event, an everyday boost of confidence, Honey Love is the perfect plus one. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com mascara. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com slash mascara. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Honeylove.com slash mascara for 20% off. The summer vibes are just getting started, so shape your life with Honeylove. Hey everyone, it's Jen, and I have decided this is going to be the summer of uniform dressing. I'm going to have a few pieces on heavy rotation, and I'm telling you right now, they're all going to be linen, and they're all going to be from Quince. I don't know why I'm going so hard on linen right now, but it just feels right. And Quince specializes in timeless pieces made of premium fabric, and the best part is that all the Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. I am personally very into the 100% European linen pants. They're cropped and easy. There's even a cute pinstriped version. And when I wear them, I look like I just stepped off a yacht. Do I have a yacht? No. Do I know what yachters wear? No, but that's the vibe. The linen pants come in sizes extra small to 3X, and they're less than $40. Okay, like 10 cents less. They're $39.90. But the quality is excellent, and they wash really well. How does Quince do it? They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings on to us. Plus, Quince works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash fat mascara for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com, Q-U-I-N-C-E, quince.com slash fat mascara to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash fat mascara. Okay, everyone, I am one of those people who, when it comes to wellness, sorry, but it's got to fit into the pockets of my day. Five minutes here, seven minutes there, when I'm like in the kitchen and I'm microwaving something long, it's got to be convenient. And that is why Aloe Moves works for me. My mindset has changed. The app makes it easy for me to keep my wellness routine on track because they have everything in one place and bite-sized little bits. Yoga, Pilates, fitness classes, mindfulness, self-care tips, healthy recipes, so much more. From beginner to advanced, Allo Moves has the flow or class that's going to fit into your schedule. Their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day. You know what feeling I'm feeling most days? I'm feeling 10 minutes. I've been doing that's Joanna good. Thompson's. Right? That's about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. 10 minutes. Joanna Thompson does these yoga lattes in 10. One day will be abs. One day will be arms. Today, Jess, is booty day. And we're just <laughs> going to get it done all in 10 minutes. If you're trying to get a good sweat, then you've got to try their award-winning workouts like the sweat-inducing yoga flows or the reformer Pilates workouts without weights. You can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, learn to do dry brushing. How many times have we talked about dry brushing on this podcast? Aloe Moves will teach you how to do it. Unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use the code MASCARA20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. <laughs> So Rachel Felder is a journalist specializing in fashion and beauty. Okay, I'm going to list off a couple. New York Times, Financial Times, Women's Wear Daily, People, Rolling Stone, like a million magazines. She's also written books about travel and music. But we're here to talk about your beauty book that just came out, Red Lipstick, an ode to a beauty icon. This is a Harper Design book that came out April 9th. Welcome, Rachel. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I listen to this podcast. So yeah. It makes me super happy to be here. Oh, that's this so is great. Good. Okay. So who do you think you are writing about red <laughs> lipstick? Why are you the expert on red lipstick? No, let's say it differently. 
how could anyone else on the planet be the author of the red lipstick book? This is my book. I have been wearing red lipstick every day for decades. I go to the gym in red lipstick. I will never leave the house without red lipstick. Even if I'm walking the dog, there's red lipstick on. So the the real accurate answer to that question is um, – how could I allow any other author to own this subject? Because this is my subject. And you have experience as a beauty journalist, right? So it's not. Oh, yeah. I've written extensively about beauty for many outlets, including a lot for The New York Times and others. And I write a lot about um, beauty and fashion and craftsmanship in the context of real life. And that is. Uh, what most interests me about red lipstick, actually, that it's a reflection of the zeitgeist mm. of many periods. And uh, so, yes, this is my field of expertise, really, truly, but it's also my civilian field of expertise. It's a passion. It's a passion, yeah. And it's sort of become a de facto trademark, not on purpose. It just happened that way. So you mentioned, you know, like the zeitgeist and how it has like this historical kind of, you know, connection that makes it so interesting more than, let's say, like, you know, mascara or, you know, maybe there's a mascara book being written right now. But you know what I'm saying? Maybe so, we should write that yeah, book. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know what? Yeah. Can you stay away from that? Fine. <laughs> okay. if, 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 this gonna... one, if this one sells really well, the follow up could be <laughs> like pink lipstick or primer. Found, primer. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> that was a good example. Primer doesn't really have yeah, the same. Exactly. Somehow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> primer, like um, glossy sticks. I don't know. But let's talk about the history of red lipstick. So when did people start reddening their lips and, and why did they do it? So people started reddening their lips so many hundreds of years ago, around 2500 BC. And some of it was just that it makes your lips look more attractive. It uh, enunciates your lips in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to get a red colorant from a lot of natural things. So the first people that reddened their lips used essentially ground stones. And through the eras uh, of civilization, different materials have been, including many, many natural materials, have been used to actually make the red for the lips, uh, including cochineal, cochineal, which is, uh, it's ground beetles. Oh. Yes. And Cleopatra used it, and it's still used in many lipsticks. That's just- Is that carmine? What's the thing? Yeah, carmine? carmine is related to that too. Yeah, um, and you know a lot of these ingredients aren't used so much anymore because of chemicals and, and yeah, and technology. And but some of them still are. So, cat remember Kat Von D and um, RMS? I think they both reformulated or made it very clear that they could not have carmine. that ingredient in their lipsticks. Yeah, and yeah. it gives like a very true red. And they were saying like, oh, we had to have an orangey red because we couldn't get that true red because it comes from an animal byproduct. Exactly. So you mentioned the Egyptians. Um, who else is like colored their lips with red, and what did they use? Well, I mean, so many in the different eras of time. Uh, you know, Queen Elizabeth, yes, colored her lips. Queen Elizabeth, you know, my favorite story in the book, I have to say. Yeah, you write about this is, in the book. Is, yes, is not, doesn't exactly answer that question, but I'm just going to tell you me. anyway. Mm -hmm. um, Queen Elizabeth II commissioned a red lipstick for her coronation to match the color of her regal gowns that she had to wear oh, for the coronation. Oh, my God, that is so baller. Isn't that great? And the, and it's called, Bal, it was called Balmore. Red because her country estate is called yeah. Balmoral. But uh, that was one of the weirdest reporting aspects of the book because I, I, as I started to dig deep, I found this out. And there were various brands, three of them, that didn't exactly claim to have produced that red lipstick for her, but people had connected dots over the years, particularly in the UK, and made assumptions of which brand it might be. So I called all those brands, and each of them said, "No, we don't. We didn't make that lipstick." They, they, they more correctly couldn't confirm that they made the lipstick. Is that how it is with, yeah, with, with the, the royalty? I, I feel like so much of it is like evasive. Like Creed you... used to do fragrances for them, but could never say it made fragrances mm -hmm. for the yeah. Exactly. So I called Buckingham Palace. No, you did it. I swear to God, I did, and I tried to get them to to confirm. And they thought I was just insane. And I was trying all these ways. They're like, you don't want to know what Meghan Markle wore today? <laughs> exactly. You're exactly. like, no, I'm going to go back a couple. Exactly. So, um, no, they would not confirm it either. So I know it's true that it was made, but I couldn't confirm the brand I, name. I feel like Charlotte Tilbury should definitely I reissue Balmoral Red. thinking the same right. thing. Wow. It'd be good, right? Because she has like a queen lipstick, but it's not uh, – it's called the queen. But yeah. it's not – I feel like it would be like a peachy pinky probably. It's like a, it's like a plummy color. 
And it's on brand for her because yeah. it's British and yeah. Um, I rem- just one we were just talking about colorants that have been used in history and the weirder one that I noticed in your book was blood was mixed in with some p- colorants. Well, blood has been mixed in. I mean, there's been certain eras that people have mixed beet juice in. Look, there's a lot of red things. Yeah. And uh and our modern knowledge of what might get spoiled or go bad was different hundreds of years ago. So, yes, blood was one of the many things people have used throughout mm. history. So when we think about, like, lipstick today, when did that come about, like the lipstick that you picture? Well, literal lipstick, as opposed to lip coloring, has only been in existence since the late 1800s. And the brand that actually made the first commercially available lipstick, literally lipstick, was Guerlain in 1884. Oh. And before that... Um, what we would call lipstick really wasn't in a stick. It was in like a, a pot. pot. Yeah. Right, right. And um, the fact that there was a portable lipstick was a huge development in all this because prior to that time, you had to put on your lip coloring sitting at a dressing table in your boudoir. Mm-hmm. So this really changed everything. So this was for like the girl on the go. This is kind of a, a more, like you said, like a sociological moment here. Yes. What this- were people doing that they needed a red lipstick on the run? Well, you always need a red lipstick on the road. Working you... in the factories, <laughs> suffragettes, Victorian times. Well, I don't know. Well, I mean, you eat a vinaigrette dressing. You go out to dinner. You need a red <laughs> lipstick with you. But, yeah, so basically that was the first one. But that came wrapped in sort of silk wrap. And the first um, the first push-up, the first lipstick tube was initially in a push-up. And that was, I believe, 1912. I'm checking my okay. little notes here. 1905, sorry. A and then up. So you didn't yes. twist it. You like pushed oh, the no. color from the bottom. 1915. It's good to put on the reading glasses when you have notes in front of you. <laughs> 1915 yes. is when you first got it in like a tube. In a, in a tube. And it you had, I've held some of those in my hand. They have a little push-up mechanism on the side. Why do they call it a bullet? Because... The lipstick that we know today, that was invented in 1922. And that's the bullet shape we all know. And they call it a bullet because literally the inspiration for the shape was bullets from World War I. Oh, how interesting. And who did the first bullet? That is a man named uh, James Bruce Mason Jr. Uh, he invented You don't know it. James Bruce Mason Jr.? <laughs> <laughs> he was an inventor. and But then brands just started to use it. That's so funny. He really should have protected that trademark, I think. He would have done much better. (laughs) Yes. Um, So you talk about, through your book, iconic moments in red lipstick. What are some that have stood out to you while you were doing your reporting, Mm. like women and or moments when red lipstick really took center stage? Right. Well, you mentioned the suffragettes, and that's a major moment. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So the suffragettes who were the women that were fighting for the uh, right to vote, for women's right to vote in America, but also the UK and also France, for example, um, they wore red lipstick. That was their armor. That was their virtual uniform. They dressed in white and they wore the red lipstick. Because the magical thing about red lipstick versus lipstick is um, it's powerful, but it's feminine. It's not just we are strong. It's we are strong and proud to be female. That's to me why it's so wonderful that people like AOC wear it Mm -hmm. because it still means all that. And I would- Is this weird? I just got chills. I like this. It's powerful. Red lipstick is. <laughs> a, I don't know. I was like, yes, preach. <laughs> Red lipstick is a tool of empowerment that is comparatively affordable, that looks good on everybody, and is easy to pull off. I know some people think it's not easy to pull off, but trust me, it's oh, we easy have questions to pull off. about. Yeah. That. We'll, we'll get there, but but um, I would argue that many of the other uh, accessories women use to feel and look powerful and to communicate power and to feel empowered are adaptations of menswear. Yeah, like shoulder pads or something. Bingo, exactly. Shoulder pads, blazer, uh, quote-unquote business suit. They're all modifications of men's pieces. Mm -hmm. Red lipstick is the feminist tool. I think even heels used to be men wore heels back in the day, right? Correct, like in the 1700s. Yep, yep. Can we just go back a little bit? I was really interested in something that you wrote about the lipstick wars. What oh, is yes. that? Well, uh, it's it's a perfect segue from women's empowerment because one thing that cosmetics 
afforded women over the last hundred years was a way to have a really successful career in an era when most business owners, successful business owners were male. Mm -hmm. And there's this beautiful tradition of women entrepreneurs that created lipstick and makeup brands and had vast success. And two of them very famously hated each other a lot. Mm -hmm. And that was Helena Rubinstein and Elizabeth Arden. And they were contemporaries. And their businesses had a lot of uh, similar offerings. And uh, they hated each other. And so they used to do these things to piss off the other one, like opening salons within a couple blocks of one another, for example. Yeah. And it was messy, but kind of deliciously messy. Now, what decade are we talking about here? They started around 1910, 1912, 1915 kind of vein, and they were going for for decades, really. Mm -hmm. And then there were other female entrepreneurs. I mean, one of the cool things about a book is that you get to you get to bring you get to mention these important people that maybe wouldn't be so well known Mm -hmm. otherwise, like uh, when people talk about that Lipstick Wars moment, they often talk about Charles Revson and Revlon because he was the male contemporary and the male competition. But in about the same era uh, of the, the peak of the Lipstick Wars, 40s, 50s, there was an incredible woman named Hazel Bishop. And she was a graduate of Barnard College and she was a chemistry major and she had planned to uh, become a doctor and it was the depression and she couldn't afford – she and her family couldn't afford medical school. So she started tinkering in the kitchen and she came up with a lipstick formula that was unique. And she was a major entrepreneur of the era. Uh, And, you know, that was just not an era that women typically owned million dollar businesses. Did she have a brand name that we She might... did. It was called Hazel Bishop. And oh. if you were a lot older, you would know it. Because How long did that last? How long was that Well, around? it lasted for decades. And in uh, the early days of television, she sponsored uh, quiz shows on TV. Mm-hmm. And the brand became so successful that Charles Revson from Revlon felt threatened and uh, started to buy advertising on quiz shows and bought her out and basically oh, drove her out of business. We got Helena. We got Elizabeth. We yeah. got Charles Where does Hazel. Estee Lauder fit into this? Uh, she was a little later. She absolutely is like an 50s. example of, right, she started a little later. And then, uh, although it's not lipstick, one of the women that I just think is incredible in this field is Madam C.J. Walker. Mm-hmm. You guys know who she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. So, Do you want to just give a quick explainer for our Yes. Listeners? The brilliant goddess Madam C.J. Walker mm-hmm. in the 1800s. Uh, she was African American, and she's so she had a really tough time in that era because she was female and she was a woman of color, and she saw that none of the beauty brands were paying any attention to the needs of um, of African American skin and and hair, uh, which had you know needs. It's different. Yeah, it's different. Right. It's different hair needs. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and uh, and so she created products aimed at that market, and she became a millionaire, which in that era was you know like being a billionaire. Today. Such an important, such an important her, figure in beauty, and like we see the same thing happening right now. Right, her brand's still around. I mean, yeah. she's not, but the right. name yeah. persists. That's right. That's right. I think she's just an important person in the history financial beauty, yeah. business history of the world. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. Do you think any of like so? As you're reading about the lipstick wars, which obviously involved a lot of players, it sounds like. Um, do you think any of that sort of persists today with the way that we, you know, aggressive marketing tactics in the beauty industry? Has there been anything that like has stayed on? Like, I don't know, when you look at how things are marketed to women today, do you see any influence from back then? Not really. I think that was a personal vendetta thing. Would would they like undercut each other on price and stuff like that? All of it, yes. And one would come up with a cream that had certain claims and then the the other one would come up with a cream that had exactly the same claims. Uh, Remember, it was a different era. It's not like there were organizations regulating advertising the way they are now or regulating labeling like Mm -hmm. the people did now. And there wasn't the competition in terms of places to carry your things either. There was more of a culture of uh, salons that you would sell your products in. So that was different too. Got it. It's very different. Um, Okay, let's talk about a little bit more modern, move up to Mac. So we're like, we're getting into the 70s, 80s, 90s here. Some a lot of women think of that as like I, they make iconic red lipsticks, and I learned something from your book about Russian red. Okay, wait, can I just interrupt? That yes. makes me so incredibly happy because my goal was to 
create a red lipstick book that I learned things from yeah. and that didn't mm-hmm. speak even, down to even me. Even beauty editors didn't know about. Well, and that makes me so happy. And I, I mean, I did do super duper extensive research, but you hope that some of the people would that would read this book and appreciate it are your listeners who come in knowing a lot about beauty yeah. and still would learn things. So yeah. that makes me super happy. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about Mac's famous red lipsticks. Right. So uh, there was this moment in the late 80s that very highly pigmented matte red lipstick had a serious moment. And Mac Russian Red was one of the, the biggies in that uh in that time period, and it was created actually for Madonna for her Blonde Ambition tour, and uh, and that was 1990, I believe, and uh, it was super duper matte. And the original plan for that lipstick was that it was going to be called Verushka after the mm. famous 60s model from the film Blow Up, and uh, and she wouldn't let them use her name. For oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So it was called Russian red. So the Russian comes from her, it, not like indeed a color of Moscow architecture or something. Well, and I haven't. I've seen the film Blow Up, brilliant Antonioni film, many times. I haven't watched it recently. But that period in the '60s was not a big colored lip moment. That was yeah. a big super pale lip and eye moment. Yeah. So I don't. I think it's not what she wore in the movie either. Actually. Yeah. It's kind uh, of weird that they wanted to name it Verushka. Wait, bef- and before you go on with that you Mm -hmm. actually mentioned something else from your book Mm -hmm. i was surprised to learn that you were saying that the things that you see in a movie what the actress is wearing wouldn't necessarily affect the times of the movie and when it takes place but what the audience was looking like for example vivian lee in um in gone with the wind she was wearing a bright red lip she wasn't going to be wearing a bright red lip if it was the middle of the civil war (laughs) right (laughs) but i guess it was then the 40s or 50s when the movie came out so that's why that this is exactly right it was actually the late 30s but that is exactly right i was like no way of course you want to see yourself on film so they made it like correct (laughs) correct and remember that in that era lipstick was red lipstick it's not like you saw a lot of women in real life wearing pale, pale lipstick. You wore red lipstick. That was the shade of lipstick. So the pale moment was like the 60s, like that kind of knocked red lipstick off the, the for a for while, a For a while, yes. And this, it wasn't so big in the 70s either. Yeah. It went from in the 60s that very pronounced big eye yeah, sure. and, and no lip like Twiggy. And then in the 70s there was a move for a while towards a very natural look, like think of – Cheryl Teague yeah. or um or Farrah Fawcett that kind, kind of like of a look. glossy exactly glossy right yeah. exactly exactly but uh but to go back to Mac they created this beautiful very matte highly pigmented blue red Russian red and uh, when they decided that to to switch things up a little bit when that super matte moment passed as inevitably happens they they re configured their red lipsticks and what became Russian red had a creamier texture and was just about the same color and then the old Russian red is what's ruby woo now. Did you know that? I didn't realize that. I was I remember the Russian red like as, as a as a skew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's still around. Yeah, it's still more around. I didn't know but I didn't know that that's the same thing as ruby woo. Ruby woo is the old Russian red. Ruby woo is the old Russian red and if you put them side by side or you wear them side by side Russian red, the finish is different, and I find it a little darker. I think they may have slightly tweaked the yeah. colors, but because ruby Rue, I feel like is a little bit brighter than how it. Because I think of Russian red, I think of like Madonna when she was trying to dress like Marlena Dietrich. Right, she it's was wearing darker, that Russian yeah. red. It feels a little bit darker, but I'm not. I'm not a, a scientist here. Well, the other thing is, you know, your base lip color affects it. Yeah. Uh, people look in at an ad and they see a lipstick in a tube and they think it's going to look like that on them. Yeah. And the three of us could wear the same red lipstick and look very different. Sure. And then also people have these things they do, like they put foundation under the lipstick, which I strongly don't advise. <laughs> and and so the, the, the payoff is different. Yeah. Or if you line your lips all the way with liner underneath, then that's going to be different. So. I might be putting you on the spot here, but we talked about we we went up through history sort of with all the red lipsticks in history. What are some of the best selling reds these days? Well, I I think that's a complicated answer because they're different in different territories. Okay, uh, for Let's exa- do the U.S. So the U.S. I mean, I don't have sales figures in front of me. I know that 
max top five. Uh, three of them are always reds, at least. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, you, it's very hard to have a lipstick line and not have a great red. And when you think of the new lipstick brands that have launched over the past decade, mm-hmm. the the ones that are lipstick-centric, like let's think of... Lipstick Queen. Lipstick Queen, mm-hmm. Troy Surratt, Bite, you know, these ones that are very mm-hmm. lipstick-centered, they are all really anchored with great reds. You can't not do a great red. Um, okay. Uh, so, okay, I have a question. So, well, first of all, you say you can't, you can't not do a great red, but also there are so many more colors in the spectrum, too. That's you. Do you feel like that red lipstick is as popular? I mean, you just mentioned a couple of brands that are have great reds, but just from your, you know, your gut instinct, do you feel red lipstick is ha- having a moment right now? I do think red lipstick is having a moment, and and having done the book and having thought about the sociological spin of all of it, I personally think red lipstick is having a moment because we're in a Me Too moment. Yeah. So that was my my question. Like, why is it having a moment? You I, think the Me Too is affecting that? I think it's a the time when women are feeling powerful, and there's another big part of this, which is we're in a beautifully inclusive moment. When, when I was a teenager, I spent a lot of time feeling like my lips were too broad and too full, and this didn't suit them, and that didn't suit them, and I didn't look like this person or that person. Mm-hmm. And we live now in a culture which is gorgeously embracing every version of the way one could look or act or and and that's great and so if the message of culture is it's you should own your differences and own who you are and feel proud about who you are mm-hmm. then red lipstick by definition is going to do better because because the statement is feel proud of who you are and mm-hmm. feel confident in being in being bold and if you have full lips like mine, for example, it's easier to wear a pale pink lipstick and, and be more of a wallflower. I started wearing red lipstick as a rebellion to mm-hmm, that. And mm-hmm. I think today women, particularly young women, feel more emboldened to own it. Yeah, that's a good point. So um, can we talk just practically for a second? You wrote that in Dick Page – the famous fabulous makeup artist, he calls red lipstick a neutral. How do you think it's a neutral? Well, I think a, a leopard print blouse is a neutral blouse. And I think... Uh, Jess will agree with you on that. It, leopard is a neutral. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. Exactly. It is. Like, you could wear it with anything. No apology necessary. So, maybe not a floral dress. Maybe not leopard shoes or the floral dress. That's my personal thing. I, but, yeah. I would say you're right. Okay. So, right. yeah. It's, it's a neutral, like, almost... 98% of the time. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so leopard is neutral. I would say silver accessories are neutral. Totes. I, right, but I don't mean like a silver bangle. I mean silver shoes, silver bag, mm-hmm. neutral. So red lipstick is neutral like that too. It's It matches everything. Mm-hmm. It looks good on everyone as long as you find the right shade. It's universally flattering. It You're never going to look inappropriate in red lipstick. If you wanted to have a bold lip but you opted for crazy purple or blue or hot pink. Exactly. You might not feel in some settings quite as comfortable, but red is always going to work. And so you said if you find the right one. Let's get real practical here. How do you find the right one? So I'm going to answer your question, but I thought when you were going to say, let's talk about the practicalities, you were were going to ask me like, you know, after you make out with someone, how do you deal with the red lipstick that comes off? Okay. How do you? Yeah. It sounds well, like you're prepared to answer this. When I go on date night, I bring <laughs> in my bag wipes, uh-huh. like face wipes, sensitive oh skin God. face wipes because I have sensitive skin. Because the lips- Wait, which brand? I, I'm I'm not naming brands. Okay, I'm Switzerland. Going. Sorry, okay. but uh, and and I don't. I think different people prefer different brands. And it's okay. less about the brand. Go but, on. Uh, but when I go on date night, I bring the wipes because if you have a fun date night, there's <laughs> lipstick everywhere, like a crime scene. Uh, and so you wipe before you're going to kiss or after yeah, you kiss? Oh, after. You wipe the man? Did you go home? Yeah, of course I do. Or the woman? Or the woman. Yeah, sorry. Well, I was right. being heteronormative. Well, in, 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 my, in my case, it's a man, but, okay. you know, to each their own, yeah. and that's so, great, like, too. So, like, come here, doll. I got to get this off your face. Thanks for the date. Well, <laughs> I'm just picturing, yeah, like, like you, so, is it, like, kind of, you kiss them, 
And then you take it out and you're like, let me just get that. Yeah, I, I actually think it's quite sensual to take it off, too. <laughs> when my Neutrogena comes out of the back. <laughs> this is so funny. Right. So I have all these weird go you. techniques. So, so yes. But to answer, should we go back to the yes, shades? Yes, how do you find your right red for you? Well, I'm you, totally disinterested in that right now. I want to go back to wiping. The, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yes. Yeah, so how do you find the one that you want to put all over the guy's face or the girl's face? <laughs> right. Well, it takes some experimentation. Uh, you want to think about your skin tone. You want to think about how you're going to be wearing it. Are you going to be spending Saturday afternoon on the beach in July? Or is it? are you going to a meeting in February? Uh, you want to think about if you're, if, you're, if you're thinking about a date specifically and you're thinking about how long the date's going to be, you do want to think about reapplication and if there's going to be a spaghetti sauce or vinaigrette in your future and if reapplying might be an issue. But for example, your skin tone has more of a yellow undertone mm-hmm. to it. So you could pull off an orange-based red better than I could. You think so? I feel like yeah. this is where you have to experiment because when I put on an orange-based red, I feel like my teeth look real yellow. Well, if you put on something that was sheerer, that wouldn't be an issue. And that's mm. also the thing, isn't it? Right. Like if you want to tiptoe into red, you can start out with like a little bit of a sheer red. I that's right. tell your undertone. Uh, also, I had Fraxel, you know, so this is not my actual face color right now. It's a like, little bit, it's a little bit off. Right? She's just like, I have a red face tone right now. <laughs> I always have a red face. What tone. lipstick goes with Fraxel? <laughs> <laughs> I I think uh, the best advice for someone who's listening would be to go to a makeup counter or or to a store like Ulta or Sephora because those people can help you find your undertone. find your undertone. Yes, but a lot of it is just playing. I mean, I figured out that an orange based red is not the most flattering on me by trial and error. All I can think in my head is that porn line about like, you know it when you see it. Like, oh, yeah, you, know, you, know, you, know, you know what looks good when you see it? Yeah. yeah, because that's how it happened to me. Like you go to Sephora, you put on a bunch of like, eh. but when you see the right one, it just, it clicks, you right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. you can feel it. You, so what's, what's your, your shoulders go back a little bit. Like, you stand oh, a little taller. I see what everybody's talking and about. Excuse me, that is the magic of lipstick. You stand taller. You feel more beautiful. You feel more confident. You feel ready to face the world. You feel dressed. I mean, as I was telling you guys earlier, I work out of my home and I put on the red lipstick to do phone interviews and to do work emails. For me, that's more the definition of being in workspace than uh, getting dressed properly. I have friends who are like, I put on my bra when I'm ready to be working. Like your lipstick is. <laughs> oh like yeah, your... I can't work without a bra. Yeah, you got it. It's your armor. It's so great. what's your red lipstick? Well, my answer is Switzerland again. I'm no, sorry. No, come on. You can give a couple. You must have a few favorites that you like. Well, right? I would say that the I'm always cycling, and I I use a lot of red lipsticks in a week, and I cocktail. So the truly accurate answer is I tend to wear blue reds. They suit me better than others. Mm-hmm. Although sometimes in the summertime, I'll veer a little more orangey just because it feels appropriate. Sometimes in the winter, I'll veer a little bit more burgundy-ish. Mm-hmm. But blue red is always the most flattering on me if I had to choose one. She's not giving skin. us any names. Yeah. I'm not going to give you any names. Is this because okay. you like write for the Times and the Financial Times and whatever, and you try and be very neutral in your... Uh... I write for outlets for which I like to be neutral. And because I write about beauty overall, I just feel more comfortable being neutral. Oh. Yeah. Can I ask Jess what her red is? Yes, but I'm not going to agree or... Well, of course or, not. No, but now I want to know... Do you I, wear red I ever? I don't wear red that much. When I do wear red, it's definitely like for... I wear it in like the most classic sense, like a date night or, you know, a big event. Because yeah. for me, it's a signal that like... Oh, we're doing this. You know, like something is special right now. I don't wear, um, you know, a lot of like fancy earrings or like big earrings or anything like that. So if I want my face to like just look a bit more formal, it's a red lip and like get my hair done. That says like we're leveling up. I don't feel comfortable wearing red lipstick every day. Like remember when we had um, Lucia Pica from Chanel on? Remember she was like kind of pushing me into a red lip? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't mind it, but for me, it's a lot of, again, being practical and boring here, it's a lot of maintenance. And some days I don't want people, well, most days I don't want people to, like, look at me. Is that terrible? It's, it's, it's not that I'm, like, hiding. I just, like, don't want – it makes me feel conspicuous. I think some people feel that way, and I think some people do put red lipstick in that special place of special occasions. Yeah. And many people remember their moms treating red lipstick like that too. My mom never wore red lipstick. Maybe that's okay. it. Maybe it's like I've 
I don't know. I wore it in high school. And then now, like, as an adult, I'm just like, oh, just huh. like, let me get by. Well, maybe you'll be inspired by this maybe. maybe. I hope I inspire people to love red lipstick. You do. And so tell me, the whole process of writing the book, before we let you go, like, what was your favorite part? Like, what was the coolest thing you learned or just the most fun part you're of this project? You're not going to share your red lipstick? Oh, I feel like everybody knows it. I talk about it all the time. Which one? It's sh- it's Chanel and it's um, Experimente. It's Rouge Allure Ink. Okay. And actually, Lucia Pica told me she worked on that color. She it has like a little bit of a brown, bluish undertone. I don't know. It yeah. stays on forever. I'm probably gonna wear it to my wedding. Oh, nice. That's I'm wearing a red lip to a wedding. That's like ballsy, I wore a red lip it? to my wedding. What I wore tell? red but, shoes to my wedding. Oh, nice. and to my second wedding when I find wonderful husband number two, I'm gonna wear red lipstick again. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, so what was the best part of this whole project for you? Hmm. Well, the probably the best part was the time I spent in the archives of certain brands and got to speak to the archivists of certain heritage brands. That was really magical for me. Uh, and some of the stories that I learned were so incredible. Like there's a story in the book about uh, World War II, and uh, at the very end of World War II, uh, when there was a specific con- – at the very end of World War II, one of the concentration camps in Germany was liberated like they all were. And uh, the British Red Cross, when they came in as the camp was liter- – when the British Red Cross came in when the camp was liberated, they brought in cartons of red lipstick so that the women that had had this horrendous, unbelievable, torturous experience – could have at least something to start with to inch them back to normal. Like Mm. to feel human again. To feel human again. Bingo. That's beautiful. Yeah. So there were these stories that were so incredibly moving and and underlined my original theory that red lipstick is a big, deep cultural thing as opposed to just a type of makeup. Are there any cultures that don't like it? Well, over the the centuries and civilizations, there have been cultures sure, that don't like it. Sure, but I mean like, like right now. Uh, well, none that I would want to spend any time with. <laughs> <laughs> She's banned from this country because of her lipstick preferences. Right, yeah. Um, that's great. Well, thank you so much for sharing just a little bit of what is in the book with us. Obviously, you guys can see for yourself when you pick it up on it's a treasure your trove. local bookseller, right? It's my pleasure. And yes, local bookseller. There's also a Kindle edition. <laughs> okay. And oh, wow. I, and I have both. And the Kindle edition is actually pretty fabulous. It's a very visual book. There's lots of great posters and like archive pictures in it. Thank you. Yes, very visual book. But also, if you have the Kindle edition, there is a section that gives tips about undertones and the red that might be right for you. And if you have it on your Kindle, you can walk into the uh, the, the store beauty and, store and you, refer to it. Oh, cool. You That's awesome. Too. Congratulations. Yeah. This is such a cool book. Thank you so and much. it's very informative. Thanks, awesome. Rachel. Thank you guys so much. It's time to raise the wand. I really wanted to sing. I haven't sang in a while. And I did you, karaoke this weekend. Oh, how'd that go? Not well. Wait, you mentioned one song that you sang. Do you want to share it with the group? <laughs> the only song, the only song I can sing at karaoke is the man's part of Love Shack. Son <laughs> says, son says, stay away, fools, because love rules. I mean, my voice is so deep. That's actually anyway. really good. I could probably do Johnny Cash if I wanted to. <laughs> I think Love Shack is funnier. <laughs> so, oh yeah, That's let's raise tune. a wand. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> they don't make songs like Love Shack anymore. There's probably a good reason for that. <laughs> That's a great song. So we could do it together. You could do the girl part and I could do the boy part. Uh, yeah. Sharp next fat mascara listener party <laughs> beast karaoke. <laughs> I'm laughing. Picturing, do you remember the video? For Love like, Shack? Yeah, they were in this like crazy shack. Someone was doing the limbo. Was there like a Jamiroquai hat with like fur involved? I don't know. No. That would be a different video. Oh, my God. You're really taking me back. What a great tune. I don't even remember the video. I just know it's the only notes I can hit reliably. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Um, all right. Let's take it back to Razor Wand for let's. a second. What, what are you... What are you raising a wand to today? So past guest Sir John was – was uh, I met with him a couple weeks ago because L'Oreal was showing some new products and they had him there. And he had this idea and I said, I think that might be for me. Um, have we talked about brown eyeliner recently? 
Well, we talked about it last episode that we were both in our chocolate brown years. Okay. Chocolate brown period. I don't remember that. What? What? Because I was talking about the gorgeous um, Julian Dempsey coal liner. I completely forgot that. And when I was pulling my razor wand, I was like, I've been loving brown eyeliner. It like subliminally got into me. But um, I prefer a liquid eyeliner because I like one with a very pointy long tip so that I can get between the lashes. Mm. Like you said, you like a smudgy. I want the precision so I can dot, 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 dot between. So I've been using the L'Oreal Infallible Super Slim Liquid Eyeliner in Brown because the pen part of it Mm -hmm. is like two inches long. It's not really. It's like, you know, a quarter inch. But it gets between the lashes. Oh, I get what you mean. Without smudging. So I'm just sort of like put the – actually, I put the mascara on first and then where the white spots or if you have like darker skin, the brown spots are showing, you can darken them in with the liner. And I've been finding that the brown is just like – you don't look makeup-y. You just look defined. Oh, I like that too. Yeah. And this is a good one because – because that pointy, pointy tip gets in there. So here's a question for you. Hmm. Is this is this tip, is it a sponge tip or is it like a hard kind of tip? It's almost like a felt. A felt tip. I don't know what a sponge tip is, but it's like... it's Maybe it's, I'm using the wrong language, but I used to have a sponge liquid liner that like would take it off as... <gasps> I know on. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Especially as the ink barrel runs dry, yeah. then it's basically like a makeup removing device. Yes. Instead yeah. of putting down the liner, it's like pulling off the color. I, I know you wouldn't recommend something that would do that, but I'm just curious. No, but I will like say you will that. go through this very quickly because, you, you know, if you're pointing it in there, it starts... You know, it starts to fray and you run out of ink. You have to, like, replace it every two weeks, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Because you want, like, a nice, fresh, crisp point. Yeah. But I do think it looks very natural um, as you enter your chocolate brown years. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's it's tough. I got to say, it's not fun. Okay, okay, what are you raising a wand to? All right. So I put this on our Instagram a couple of weeks ago, and I got so much feedback from people who were like, yes, like, you've this is amazing, too. So I feel like this, I, I need to talk about it. I haven't mentioned a Charlotte Tilbury product in at least like four months. Oh, my God. Wh- whose podcast is this? Who are you? I, I Listen, I'm not getting paid by them. They are like not – I'm not in cahoots. I just really love their brand. But there's a palette that I've been relying on a lot lately. It's the Charlotte Tilbury Luxury Palette in the Sophisticate. Now, I'm going to flash Tiff and Jen a photo I, of it. I, I know it's, it well. It's not the most – it's not the sexiest It's not the palette. most sophisticated. No, it's, it's not like – it doesn't have that razzle-dazzle that you might be expecting from, you know, the creator of Pillow Talk and all of that stuff. It's a it's a bone color, a camel, a dark brown, and then, like, this kind of burgundy. A mahogany-ish, like, yeah. r- reddish brown. And I feel like the what's great about this is there's no fallout. There's no, like, dust bowl effect when you put on your lid. Mm-hmm. Um and the two, the especially the two top colors are just enough to make you feel polished and like ready for work. Like lately, I haven't been wanting to really think about my eye makeup a lot. Mm-hmm. But if I put this on, the eye colors enhanced, and this is not just for hazel green eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I look more together. I can put a little of the darker one like in my lash line. To your point, like making mm-hmm. it a little bit thicker, and there is. Zero shimmer. And that is hard to find sometimes What lately. is up with the shimmer and everything, even blush? Sir John, another tip he gave me was you don't want to put shimmer blush on your apples. Like why? on your on your only if you're using it only on your apples, sorry, not on the back part of your cheek. Oh, but like it just looks fake. And I was like, shimmer blush can look very yeah. fake. And shimmer eyeshadow also. It's like I love a bit of shimmer eyeshadow, but lately, like I was like not just, all the time. Just neutralize. I just want to neutralize, get the redness down, and it's look you're a sophisticated. So sophisticated. <laughs> That's a good palette. Um, and just really other quick thing. I remember Catherine Deneuve when she did her collaboration with Mac said that as you get older, I'm not saying like you guys need to take this advice. I'm just saying it's just one perspective. Shimmer is not flattering. So I do think about that as I move into my chocolate brown years. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I know. Thank you. you. Thank you. Okay, cool. Thanks for listening. Fat Mascara is produced by our friends at Atwell Media. You can check out our website, fatmascara.com, for episode recaps, product recommendations, and discount codes. And if you want to reach us directly, email us at info at fatmascara.com, or you can follow us on social at fatmascara, shoot us a DM, and we'd love if you went over to iTunes and threw us a rating. How many stars? Five. Five, please. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? 
And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Oh, yeah. 